Hello ladies and gents and welcome to episode 21 of the KDH podcast. Today we're joined by Ryan Holmes. How are you doing mate? Good mate, how's yourself? Not too bad mate, not too bad. I'm just sitting laughing about what we've been talking about there, pretending that we've just came on and just chatting right away. Um, <laughs> I know, I was expecting got... a, wee, a wee intro song and all that, where's the intro? Can no, I'm going to come into... a wee jingle or something like that? <laughs> nah, I'm just, i am doing a song. <laughs> Aye, so today we're going to be talking a bit about, um, so me and Ryan, to give you a bit of an insight, we only met through lockdown, we met through social media, I know that sounds a bit weird, it wasn't Tinder, it was genuinely just Instagram. <laughs> I had another one of his fellow coaches on the podcast and I started training with them and that's how me and Ryan know each other. But one of the things that I got Ryan on today is because obviously I knew we would have a good chat, but I also knew that we've got similar values to the same thing that we've both been chasing. So the topic of the podcast today is saying no and building a healthy work-life training relationship because it's something that as a, if you're listening in, you're a self-employed business owner, you're a PT, you don't even need to be a PT. You can apply this to if you've got a busy job, a nine to five, where you're struggling to implement things with a work-life balance with family commitments it'll be really valuable to you because it's, I mentioned it on my stories as well yesterday, Ryan, like I'm by no means have I completed this and I don't know about yourself. It's something that's a pure working, it's something that's a work in progress, but to give everyone a bit of an insight, what's your story, mate? And what are you doing now? Um, my story, how far back do you want to go? Is it in terms of how I get into fitness? Yeah, just go for that, mate. How you got into fitness and what you're doing now? Right. Okay. So um, my background is athletics. So I used to compete from an early age um, at quite a, quite a high level up until I was about maybe 17, 18. Um, left school, went straight into NQ and sport and fitness, messed around and kind of dead-end jobs for a little while. Um, and then I went back in and done a HND in sports therapy, um, which I enjoyed. Started working with some amateur football teams and stuff like that. And then from there, that was around about 2013. From there, I went and done my personal training qualification. Um, from there, I worked in a couple of gyms. So I worked for gyms as opposed to being a self-employed personal trainer. I originally went in as a fitness instructor and I was taking your spin classes and all your usual kind of stuff. And then I kind of progressed within the kind of leisure management side of things, doing leisure supervisor, assistant manager, went into a GM position in a gym in Glasgow as well. Um, and then that was kind of it kind of sidetracked me I kind of fell into that passively it was never something that I wanted to do um and it kind of I kind of forgot why I'd get into the industry in a sense so it's been the last maybe five years or something like that I've been doing self-employed personal training um I've, and absolutely love it absolutely yeah love it so get about seven years experience in the industry but about five years of that has been as a self-employed personal trainer Oh yeah, not decent mate. So what, what what are you doing right now? What's the sort of script? I know what you're doing right now, but what's the script with your business? So what's what are you doing? <laughs> I, I know you're you're working with MTN, you're working from Commando. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, so um as we went into basically just around about lockdown time, I was just a one to one coach. Didn't do any online business whatsoever. I worked as a personal trainer. I also worked at the Shed Bootcamp, which is like a massive group training um facility in the Shed nightclub probably one of the biggest in Scotland. There's about 500 people going through the door. So I coached for the guy who runs that um, for a good couple of years there, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, as it started to move closer to lockdown, I was kind of like what, what this topic's about. I was ran off my feet with business. I was I thought I was successful. I thought I was doing amazing because I was so busy and there was so much demand and I was working so many hours. But I was also fatigued, knackered, and knew something had to change. Um, 
I've got a mutual friend with David Hatt, who is the, the guy who started MTN. And he reached out, said to Jack, I was looking to, said to David, Jack's the boy's name, sorry, said to David that I was thinking about getting into the online market. And David was looking for an art coach at that time. He reached out, I met him for a coffee. And then I was like, oh, this sounds brilliant. Lockdown came about. My one one business stopped. Obviously, online coaching was under a bit of strain as well because people couldn't enter the gyms to do their programs. So it was all kind of put on hold for a little while. Um, but during lockdown, it, it actually worked out really well. It gave me a time to a bit of time to work through David's systems, get familiar with all the other coaches, get familiar with how to online coach as well. Obviously, I was just a one-to-one coach. It's, it is fairly similar, but I, I had no credibility in that market. So I, had, I wanted to learn it from the ground up, and there was no better time to do it, to be honest. Um, and through getting to know the guys at MTN, as the restrictions started to relax, I was going down to Commando to train with a couple of the boys. Absolutely love the facility. It's, you've obviously been coming down, Christian. It's an amazing facility. Um, great atmosphere, great coaches round about. No dicks really in the place, which is hard to find in a gym, as you know. Yeah. Um, and I just felt this is where I want to do my one-to-one business. Uh, and got in touch, which was a difficult situation because I was in Glasgow Fitness. The guys had lent me quite a lot of kit, so I had a wee bit of an outstanding loyalty to those guys. Um, but I had to, at the same time, do what was going to be best for my business and my own clients and that environment. I was just like, well, I can't go back to Glasgow Fitness after I'd been in commando. It's like getting promoted to the Premier League and then getting sunk back down to Division yeah. 3. Um, <laughs> sorry if anybody from Glasgow Fitness is listening. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, so I've basically I've moved all my business over to Commando we've got an office in here for MTN which I'm sitting in right now so it just works out so well using this place as a base for my one-to-one coaching I can come in here and do my online coaching and be surrounded by the other coaches it's just a great environment so that is me pretty much up to speed with what I'm doing right now no, no nice you know I, I was asking as well mate because obviously I've only known you for a short period of time I know very much what you're doing right now but I didn't really know Again, didn't know you had a background in athletics when you were younger. I didn't realise it was like mostly managerial roles you were in. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's for me to, to for me to ask as well. And I've had other people in the yeah. podcast, uh, podcast, and uh, I had Spencer Brown on. That's a Thai boxer, like champion, like yeah. really, really well known. I don't know anything about Thai boxing. I was asking it because I was like, I was looking up stuff before, and I was like. I was, I was like, am I even saying this right? Is it Mai Tai, Mutai? What, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, well, athletics is fairly straightforward. It's just athletics. Yeah, <laughs> I, and, it's, and I'm, always just, I'm always just interested to know. But one of the things that you pulled up there, Ryan, was I was really, it's, it's a very, very valuable point. And anyone that, a lot of people will be able to relate to this. Not everyone, because some people were like, lockdown was obviously, a lot of people highlighted the negatives of lockdown. And I'm very aware we're still undergoing a, bit, like a version of lockdown, there's restrictions. So I'm not saying by any means is it over for anyone listening. I'm not insinuating that. But I'm talking about full UK lockdown when everything stopped. There was no planes in the sky. When, in fact, there was obviously still some, but I'm not meaning. The place just basically went into standstill. For me, yeah. what that allowed me to do was, as a, a one-to-one coach, as a busy business owner, as a busy professional or a busy family someone with family commitments time is a commodity and I realized that when that went into lockdown I seen all this available time and then I was allowed I was able to take a step back but as a result of taking a step back I was able to take a step forward as well and it sounds like you've experienced a similar thing and that's the fear I think sometimes like it's in the gym people do it with their training maybe someone's like today I was having a conversation with one of my clients that is run off his feet with uni right now he's also working He's in the gym five days and he's going to feel a bit, you could tell 
he was feeling a bit run down. I went, let's go back to four days. And that can be a tough pill to swallow because you're like, but I've been yeah. making progress with five days. And like, yeah, but you don't realize that you going the way you are right now could be potentially detrimental to your overall progress because you're just going to run yourself down. And I think that's a, a more plausible, a more like, not plausible, more, a better way to kind of put that into terms of probably what me and you were feeling and what we experienced as well. And I think that is the yeah. scary thing as a business owner sometimes is you, you're like, fuck, I don't want, I feel like dropping clients in this area. And especially, I know that you are, um, you're a, an online coach for MTM, but anyone that goes online coaching is usually worried about the initial, they have to maybe drop 20 sessions a week in the gym in order to try and have mm-hmm. a go at it. But when you think yeah. back to when you first ever built your one-to-one business, you done it off you didn't I didn't have any I literally I remember when I started I left the military started off my one-to-one business and the biggest pressure on me was I was staying at home with my parents that didn't financially I had savings and stuff mine was just my pride I didn't want to look like a dick that left my old job <laughs> and I was like yeah I was obviously a driven person but like there's a lot of different pressures and stuff and I think it's that alone has been a good thing for folk over lockdown they seen that the worst possible thing imaginable maybe folk lost their jobs Maybe people um, were forced into a position where they had to do things they weren't able to do for a long time, like myself, like you. And it's been the most enlightening thing ever for them. So I think there was a lot of negatives. Obviously, fucking worldwide pandemic isn't a good thing. But I think so many people focus on the uncontrollables. The uncontrollable is that there's a fucking worldwide pandemic. We can't, well, we can control the spread of a virus by obviously doing what we need to do but fucking folk aren't doing it no. and, that, and, and, like, <laughs> like, and i'm not making this a, i don't i'm not trying to be a politician or thing but that's an uncontrollable we can't change that but what you can do is you can take the controllable measures but folk don't do it folk like always in other areas of life they're, they're looking at the things they've got zero control over and they're stressing out about it but i think it's been a good thing it's like it's, it's allowed people to see was fuck that wasn't that bad and it will allow them yeah. to maybe progress in all their areas. And for other people that haven't, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, hopefully everyone's took something positively from it. Hopefully it's not been entirely negative for some people, but hopefully there's been some positives. And uh, yeah, yeah. No, I've kind of went on a rant there, man. But uh, I, think, I think that's the thing though. Like I think with, with lockdown, it opened a lot of people's eyes. I think getting that time back. So it's very much a case of if you're working in your business, you get very little time to work on your business and improve the systems, improve the service and make it better for the clients that you've got. And I was very much the case of, I wasn't aware how watered down my service was because I was taking on far too much work. Mate. Um, and as soon as I took on, as soon as it came to lockdown, I was forced to take that time back. It made me realize, do you know what? I could be doing a little bit more of this, but still have this. And it was just try that that's kind of what forced me to find the balance. Up until then, I thought I was doing great. I'm like smashing out 50 hours a week. I'm like, God, I'm flying. I'm the man. 50 hours every single week. I'm breaking in the door, all these sort of things. But then I'm like, am I getting as many results? Are my clients as fully satisfied? Am I checking in with my clients throughout the week? Or am I just contact with them once per week? Which it was the case. Because if you're looking after, you know, a massive bank of people, like you'll know to yourself when you start online coaching there's there's a little bit more communication and I was like well you know one-to-one coaching is supposed to be a tier up from online coaching it's supposed to be that more premium service but if I'm just seeing you once per week and you're not hearing from me you're not seeing me you're not checking in with me I'm not staying on top of you for your nutrition the way I am in my online people because it's easier to just drop them a message why can I not have that hybrid where my one-to-ones are getting the online service but they're also getting that one-to-one coaching as well and I think 
lockdown cut happening made me realise that, and I don't think and I'd been going for five years without it. Mate, that is exactly what happened to me because I started up my online Facebook group with all my clients in boot camp and posted that every day, done live workouts and stuff, done seminars. Um, I had challenges. Yeah. It was way more engaging, right? So essentially, like a one-to-one, like I think the pros and cons of, there's no pros and cons. It's just one-to-one training is what it is. At the end of the day, you can fucking absolutely like, like optimize someone's training being with them one-to-one. You can show them every technique. Yeah. You can make sure they're working to the right level of exertion. You can take them to failure. You can teach them every sort of, it's, it's, it's really good that way. But again, the elements of online training is that additional support. And that's what I've took. So one of the things that I don't like, folk, I always, it always kills me a bit and someone says, how much are you for a session? And I go, I only do a month of coaching. That's what I say now. I don't even say, because it's not us. Yeah. Like, and I think like what you were saying there, 50 sessions per week, and you were probably looking at it like, oh, I'm making this much money because I've done this many hours. But then you should actually start yeah. looking at things like, oh, if I'm doing 30 sessions, then I'm probably going to have five hours of additional support, two hours of programming. And then you go, yeah. oh, I'm actually doing 50 hours, but I'm only doing 30 sessions. Do you know what I mean? It starts like, way not like not exactly that. But, and I think that was a, the biggest eye opener for me was fucking hell. I've, I'm not, it's not that I've been doing it wrong, but I've just not been optimizing what I'm doing because I've been, I've caught sight of the wrong thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I think like, this it's the exact same for me and like I love online coaching but I also love one-to-one coaching and I think there's a lot of like personal trainers transitioning into the online market now and they start bashing one-to-one coaches and it's like you don't get this this and this and this from a one-to-one coach and maybe for a certain lower tier which maybe I was at the time you don't but there's nothing to say like you can't be that high-end personal trainer where you're getting everything that online coach is providing and more because you know yourself, like, I don't, I personally don't think if you've never trained in a gym with a coach before and you don't have everything nailed down in terms of your movement patterns, your technique and your form, you shouldn't be doing online coaching anyway. You need somebody to learn, to teach you the basics yeah. before you're left to just go on your own and just be programmed for in nutrition and checking in on your lifestyle. I think you need to be coached through movements to make sure it's safe and effective. And that's something like why I think if you're an online coach, you should have some background in one-to-one coaching first so that you are able to identify that type of client and you can then tell them what steps to take because some people some online coaches out there don't see the value of one-to-one coaches and it's it, there's so much value in it there's yeah. just so much value in it no i know and it's i like that what you were saying that it's like a hybrid taking parts from both and then really seeing it i think the thing with me was before that i didn't i know it wasn't one-to-one online coaching i was doing but i think sometimes until you take like action speaks better than words and it wasn't until i actually went and dabbled like dipped my toe in the water of online coaching that i was like oh this is what it is because before because yeah. i'd never really done it i'd done it like you're like i don't really know what that is folk just keep saying it and it's <laughs> yeah. and then you go and do it and you're like all right that's what that is then you're like it kind of makes sense but i suppose it's the same with, like in the gym and stuff a lot of people like they're, they're not doing things and it's like well you, you're only going to get better at something by actually doing it and then you realize that you'll Absolutely. make a mistake you'll do you know what I mean like the, the, the classic thing you hear in the gym and I get it all the time is people say things like oh, I don't do that exercise and I'm like but you don't realize what you're going to gain from doing that like maybe they don't do a fucking hip thrust or a, a hip hinging movement and you're like well you're missing out big time there like not oh but yeah. I, I like just doing fucking pressing movements I like doing like fucking squats and bench press do you know what I mean all the, all the mirror muscles um, yeah. but like and then you folk when they start doing it they see the value in it right away 
So um, a bit of a off tangent there, but hopefully I know, I know, <laughs> I know. T- talking about fucking co- coach like there, man, a bit PT talk. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> all good. What the fuck's a hip hinge, man? And uh, <laughs> um, so, what's your like since entering the the industry? This is a pretty broad question that I sent you. What's your three biggest yeah. sort of life lessons since entering the fitness industry as a coach? Um. I think like, I'll just answer it from a perspective of just end, like just entering the fitness industry um, as opposed to just as a coach as well. But I think there's there's so many things that that I've learned from attending the gym, coaching others from the gym, and, and like I think it's it's a very very broad question. Um, I think probably the first one is it doesn't ever really get easier. You just you you just become more efficient. So like. For instance, like I get clients that say this all the time, like, oh man, I've been doing this for ages. It just doesn't seem to get any easier. And it's like, well, that's because you're getting better. So you're getting better at it. You're moving more efficiently at it, which means that you're able to increase the intensity a little bit better. Um, and I think that's something that, that that maybe I wasn't able to explain in the beginning. I'm just like, you know, push up the weights, push up the weights. Like People don't really understand that as you get better at something, the, the exercise should become harder. You're able to control that movement better. You're able to know when to increase your weights. Um, I'd say that's something. I'd say, it, like, again, it's all about showing up. So, like, it doesn't matter how you feel. Like, people rely on motivation, as you know. Like, we've all, every personal trainer on the planet has done a, a post at some point on motivation. Um, and we all say the same thing. It's like you can't become too reliant on it because it's an emotion. So... I think that's something that I say to my clients all the time. People walk through the door and they're like, oh, I can't be arsed today. I've had a hard day at work today. And sometimes they're the best sessions. And it's just like, it's, you just have to show up. You just have to build discipline, consistency, and habits. And eventually you'll work towards your goals because if you rely on just feeling good to come and train, you're never going to move forward. Um, that's two. Did you ask me for three? Yeah. Three? Okay. Um, there's no shortcuts. So... I think that was something we've all done at some point when we move into the fitness industry. You always strive for more and you're always looking for the quickest route to get there. For me, it's like, you know, T5s and all that. When I was like 17, 18, hitting the gym, I was taking every fat burner and trying to get shredded abs. And it's like, you just have to do the basics. Like, the basics work. So forget trying to do all this other stuff, like taking fat burners and going on these stupid fad diets and all that sort of stuff. Just show up. Just train properly, stick to a program, see it through, stop jumping from plan to plan and just see something through, eat right, move well and train hard. I think those are probably the best ones I would say. No, they're good, mate. mate. It's it's a pretty broad question. I asked there, like, what's your three biggest thing? And I like how you related it to everyone listening to the podcast as well. I mean, you could have just said things that you you genuinely thought, well, I like the shape that my pecs have got. (laughs) 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 I like them. My fitness is quite good, uh, and uh, I like feeling good. No, but they're good. Uh, like, it was don't get bad. your name tattooed in your back because <laughs> at some point you may have to show progress pictures. <laughs> I know, man. You got to stick for that, man. I, oh, I like the charity. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. There's a hundred and five pounds um, in a go in a um, GoFundMe page. Was it actually? Was it an actual GoFundMe <laughs> page? Uh, David donated a hundred pounds, and somebody else donated a fiver. The cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's got a, Ryan's got his name tattooed in his back. By the way, for anyone listening, in. right in the middle of his back. What age were you when you got that? Sixteen. All right, twenty-four. 
<laughs> it was last year. <laughs> during lockdown, I was bored during lockdown, so I didn't get my name tattooed in my back. Done it myself, that's why it's backwards. Um, like, what you were saying there about, like, all those those points, mate, I think one of the... I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday, and it was with um, James Smith and James Clear. So James Clear is who wrote yeah. Atomic Habits. And yeah. um, I was slightly disappointed. He's got up your monotone American accent. I was like, I wanted them sound. A bit, I love his book, man. I wanted them sound a bit better. No, but he, the the points that he, one of the things that he said that kind of ties in with that was, it was a quote that he said. Don't quote me exactly on this, but it was a stonemason when he cracks a stone in half, he he knows that it's not the final strike that does it. He knows that it was a compound effect of the thousand strikes, and the last one was just it was the compound effect of them all. And what yeah. you were saying there about showing up every single day, that's that folks say things to me like, how long does it take me to look at that? And you're like, well, I've probably done in the past. So like, you can't, you, you, there's no timeline on it. There's no, there's no, how long's a piece of string? It's relentless consistency and just keep showing up. But one of the things that they said in that podcast that really hit home with me was like comparison is a thief of joy. And if you look at some people where they are, they might have superior genetics they might just be really, really talented at something. You know how we said there about the, the 1,000 strikes? It might only take them 50 yeah. strikes, but that's their journey and that's not you. And it's just the way that things are. And I think that's something that I've, like, I don't ever compare myself to people in physiques. I, I used to when I was younger. I'm not asked about that anymore. I'm totally comfortable, yeah. happy with my physique, happy with my shape. I mostly focus on fitness and performance, but I still lift weights for aesthetics as well and performance as well. But yeah. like one of the things that I've came to terms with is I'm cool with that. I know that my, someone else, that's not me. This is me. My, my physique is me. But one of the things I've found myself doing over the past year is looking at other people's businesses and going, how the fuck have they been doing that half the time that I've done this or, and they've done this. And it's, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a load of different things like where they are. Do you know what I mean? Like who they are, how they project themselves on social media. There's so many different things. And it's, it's a great example of like, Maybe yeah. for it, like I've, I put up a post like like a couple of, about a month ago. It was my one thousand one thousandth post on Instagram, and I think like it was like what I'd learned from it, and it was like a really good post, valuable post. But there's other people that have maybe only posted five hundred times, but they've got twenty thousand followers. But I've maybe got sixteen hundred followers, and it's it's just realizing. But it's it's a it's a funny one because you 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 can't compare yourself because if you done that, you would just be fucking constantly putting yourself down. It just wouldn't make sense. But one of the things that really hit home to me on that was look, don't compare yourself to anyone else's journey. Like, so what those three points that you said there, yeah, let's show up every single day, be consistent, follow the basics. Someone else might be doing that and they might accelerate, whereas it might take you long. But the thing to realize is you still get there at the end of the day. That will still be yeah. something that um, you'll get into. But um, no, I kind of Absolutely. I'm saying there's so many different things though. It's like, you know, genetically, I might be better at building muscles than you. Genetically, you might be better at getting lean than me. Um, yeah. We've got completely different physiques. And it's like, you know, I, I, I might want a bit of what you've got and you might want a bit of what, what I've got, but I might just have to work harder than you to get what you've got and, and vice versa. We all get there. It'll just take a bit more time. I've got so many clients like that. I train people that are like two to ones, for instance, and two people that train together. are like, oh, I want to have a bum like her and she wants to have a waist like her. And it's like, they'll forget that because... You're it's never going to have a problem like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's Frankenstein you. Let's get this done. Right, one into the MTN office. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no point in comparing yourself. And you obviously touched on there in terms of like, people, you look at people and you think, 
right, they've been in this business a lot less time than me and they're doing, like, they're absolutely smashing it out of the park. But as you said, like, everybody's starting positions better. So, like, use Dale Buck, for instance, who is obviously an NTN coach. He's only been personal training for two years. And, you know, you look at his page and you think, this guy is smashing it, and he is smashing it in his own right. Um, but he's only been doing it for two years. And you would think he'd been doing it for 10 years because he speaks so confidently. He's very knowledgeable. And the reason for that is, well, one, he trained for a long time beforehand and obviously had a passion for it. It's something he'd maybe wanted to do for a long time. You don't need to just go and get a six-week certificate to know what you're talking about. Yeah. But two, his environment is environment. So when he wanted to be a personal trainer, he reached out to David Hatt, who'd been in the industry for seven years. And, you know, the guy's been on business seminars. He's done mentorships with some of the top guys in the industry. And essentially, Dale surrounded himself with David. And David surrounded himself with these guys. And it's all rubbing off on each other. So his starting point, might be better than, for instance, my starting point. I was just a, a wee guy that was coming for athletics and Definitely. loved fitness. Besides, I was going to be a personal trainer, but I just kind of plodded along for a few years first. Do you know what I mean? No, I mean, um, that's, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great example, mate. Like, it's it's exactly that. Like, you go, and it's not like you're comparing each other's businesses, but it's it's totally like that. And I think Dale actually reached out to me. That's how I got talking to him. And he just, he followed me. I think, I think like Chris Bradley being my podcast and he followed me, I followed him. And he was like, mate, just, uh, I always do this. Now it's something that inspired me to do it. If you see another coach or anyone else that's doing something that's out of their comfort zone or they're doing, they're maybe making a conscious effort to do it, reach out and tell them that they're doing good. And that's what Dale done yep. to me. And he just went, mate, just to let you know, you're speaking on cameras very good. And I was like, mate, yours is ace. How long you been doing this? And he was, told me how long. And I was like, man, you should see how shit mine's was. <laughs> like, I put up a video of it the other day. And it's, it's, yeah, a great yeah. exam- it's a great example of how some people, yeah, someone's starting point. I think the main thing when it comes to consistency is understanding that the finish line, it's like a race that never ends. But someone might yeah. just be starting a bit further on than you are. And that's what you need to remember. But at the end of the day, you control what speed you run at. You control how long you run for. And it's just been worth just keep showing up. And I think I've mentioned this and I wish people seen it. Like I know the way that you'll see it as well, Ryan. Like I wish people seen it like the way me and you do. Like like making mm-hmm. progress is only a matter of training in the gym. Do you know what I mean? Like that like getting lean is only a matter of forcing some habits, like not really keeping accountably active doing this. But some people yeah. are just the diet all this stuff has diluted them and they think it's like all these quick fixes and you're like it's not it's just just keep showing up and you'll learn and you just make mistakes better. but um a lot of valuable points there man so um so I, this is a wee random question so we bit off topic as well man but i wanted to add it in so um obviously i came up to commando doing the conditioning sessions on a friday um and you were obviously taking part in them and ryan was telling me he hasn't done any conditioning work like this since obviously your sort of athletic days and he was doing these workouts that are pretty brutally hard. And he's going, oh, I'm really struggling with them, but you're doing them. And maybe like you were five minutes behind me, but I'm going, maybe you're fucking absolutely crushed a terrible, like a really, really tremendously hard workout. But one of the things I wanted to add in was that I was saying because of Ryan's background and I didn't even realize athletics when he was younger, the fact that he's been training, all this stuff is transferable to everything else. Like, do you know what I mean? Like having a strong mindset, being strong in the gym and lifting weights and having a background, maybe you played athletics or football when you're younger. Don't be scared to try out these things because right away, mate, you've got the perfect formula there to do as well as you did. Does that kind of make sense yeah. what I'm saying there? 100%. Like for me, it's like I've always just had this competitive edge. And although like I would only compete in something that I'm generally quite good at and can compete in, 
even just taking part in something like conditioning something that you're really strong at Christian, we call you the engine at the, at the sessions because you've just got this absolute endurance engine and that's not that's something that i don't have but i wouldn't take part in those workouts with you know eight other coaches and be the only guy that drops out and doesn't complete it so there's times like i mean the whole way through it i'm like fucking hell like i'm absolutely dying here i really want to stop but i'm like i'm not going to be the only person out of all these 10 coaches here that stops yeah. um, no matter how difficult i'm finding it and i'm finding it difficult and you go into some dark places when you're doing these workouts but yeah. it's just a case of like just breaking it down so i just break everything down if something's 15 reps i'm thinking just get to five then just get to 10 then just get to 15 again it's all just a battle in your own head we're all we all have the same body parts we all have the same functions it's just a case of re- resilience it's just a case 100%. of like you know I, i'm i'm not i might not be trained in this condition for those workouts but if i don't see it through and i don't at least try it even if it's at a lower intensity than you're working at then i'm never going to get better and i'm never going to reach the heights that you're at and that's something that obviously from being a competitive guy i look at somebody who's better than me at something and i think i want to get there I want to get there. I'm good at this, but I'm not good at this. But I want to be good at this because I do quite enjoy it. But to do that, to get better, I'm going to have to at least see it through and just look to increase that intensity that a little bit more. Just working at my own level, though, taking the pressure off. 100%, man. And the reason why I wanted to add it in was because like, it's, it's something that I, I love conditioning sessions. I love fitness and stuff. And it's not just what it does for you, like physically. Like, like Don't get me wrong. Like One of the things you'll be realizing as well from doing it is like, from a physique standpoint, a lot of people that are just into bodybuilding bash it. Mate, see the fucking conditioning that's doing to you. Like, see when you're doing things like lifting resistance for that amount of volume and stuff. Don't get me wrong, it absolutely fucks you up. But at the same time, look at CrossFit athletes. It does so much for you. But besides the sort of physical thing, like what that does for you mentally is insane. Like it just, it makes you, it, it rubs off in other areas yeah. of your life. It makes you more driven and stuff. And the reason I kind of wanted to add it in is because a lot of people here, if anyone's like, we're referring to conditioning work, conditioning work's like high intensity interval training. It's like circuits. I just call it conditioning. because it's hell. It's, it's just that? hell. It's just <laughs> hell, yeah. It's hell on earth. And, uh, and it's, it's like CrossFit. All these things, are, they are just functional conditioning. That's what you want to call them. Like rather than, I've done a podcast on this talking about it, rather than calling it, it's like when people go out to you, oh, I prefer hit and you're like, it's fucking interval training. Do you know what I mean? It's it's conditioning. <laughs> like it's you're you're working. You're focusing on your heart and lungs, but you're also adding in like muscular endurance. You're taxing your body like hell as well. You can't really pinpoint yeah. it. But um, the reason why I brought it up was because it's obviously one of the things me and you were been trained together doing it. And not only that, I think it's got a lot of lot of valuable life lessons as well. Like when you are used to putting yourself through the shit, when the shit comes to you, it's never that bad. And that's why I kind of wanted to add it in there. Absolutely it's a sort of valuable point and um, so what was the sort of biggest thing that made you realize that you had to start saying no with your business and stuff so we kind of touched base on like where you were at what was your biggest sort of turning yeah. point it's happened to me so it's happened to me a couple of times so a couple of years ago it was the same i was working a crazy amount of hours i was trying to juggle too many things so i was working as a coach at the shed i was working as a general manager at a gym and I was personal training and I was doing sports massage as well so I was doing four different things and I was fairly busy and in demand at all of them so like the the gym side of things I was only working 25 hours at the gym and it was the rest of it was just filled up through self-employed work 
But I was too busy trying to please everybody. That was the issue. It was just like, right, I don't want to let down Patrick because he's, he's got me into coach on Tuesday and Thursday night at the shed. I don't want to let down the guys at the gym. I don't want to let down my PT clients. I really couldn't be asked doing massage anymore because I, I had to actually leave my place of work and go. I was doing mobile. I was going to people's houses. So I had to account for travel. So I was essentially costing myself money and doing something that I wasn't really enjoying doing anymore just because I didn't want to let down long-standing clients, guys who had been with me since, you know, when I wasn't busy and I didn't have full books. And there's obviously a sense of loyalty there. But at the same time, I was getting to this point where I'm like, right, I am so busy. I'm so tired at the end of the week. I'm fatigued. I was coming home. I couldn't be asked talking to my partner. You know, I, I was generally quite grumpy outside of the gym. You know what it's like when you're training your one-to-one clients, you're trying to give them the best version of yourself. And even when you don't feel like it, you show up and you still give them the best version of yourself. So when you're tired, you're, un, you're overworked, you're underslept and all these sort of things, like it takes its toll on you. So it, it's almost like you're playing this role. It's not even you because you can't be arsed having these conversations with people. You can't be arsed being in the gym and giving it your all. You, like, you, you're just like totally drained. But at the same time, you know that that one hour that that client has shown up for you, it might be the best hour of your week. You're just trying to give them you know, as much value in that hour as possible, even when you don't feel like it. And I was just drained. It was just to the point where I was just completely drained. And it got to the point where I decided there was a few of my mates that were going to travel and they were like just fucking off to Australia, basically. And they were all going to make a life of it. And I decided, do you know what? I'm coming. Like, this is the last opportunity in my life that I'm going to be able to do something like this. And I went away for three months, stopped everything, stopped the boot camps, told Pat, gave everybody plenty of notice, left my job, told all my PT clients, I actually arranged for them to have other coaches that I trusted. And I said, I'm going to wait for three months. Like, I'll be back in three months. I'm happy to start training again then. Um, and if you enjoy training with this person, then so be it. It was just a risk I was willing to take. And I decided, you know what, enough's enough. I'm knackered and I want to go and do something for myself. And I went away, came back three months later, almost had to start from scratch. Quite a few of my longstanding loyal clients came back. But I had a lot more gaps in my diary than I did. And I had to build my way back up. And then as my reputation started to grow again, and as I started to, I was, I was training a few people with quite high followings and stuff like that. So even though I didn't have a massive social media presence, I didn't post a lot, I had people who did on, almost on my behalf. So it really grew my reputation. I was getting a lot of inquiries. And I, I got to the point where I got that again, because I was back at the bottom, where I was like, you know, trying to pay my bills and trying to work my way back up. I got to the point where I'm, I'm trying to grow again and I started to get excited by all the people that are messaging you and like you almost feel like, oh my God, they're, they're choosing me as their coach. You feel kind of, you know, a bit buzzing, a bit proud as well. Yeah. And I just started to go, it's, people, are, people are going out their way to reach out to me. I'm going to try and accommodate them. And I got far too accommodating again. I became that yes man again. And I, I had built my way all the way back up to where I was before. The reason that I basically left the country, <laughs> I was back oh. in the same position. Um, and it wasn't until it came to lockdown, and it was probably when I started, like obviously had a conversation with David Hat, and then I started to surround myself with other coaches and seeing them doing things in a better way than me. And I was like, there is a better way. Like, like oh, I am an accommodating person. I always will have that sort of attitude. I do like to be liked. I do like to accommodate people. I'm a bit of a people pleaser as well. That's just something that's in my nature. I'm never going to lose that completely. But at the same time, I have started to learn to put myself first and know what I'm capable of, where I'm able to still give everybody my best. Because what I was finding is my first client of the day was getting this amazing version of me 
But then my eight o'clock client at night, because I was working right to nine o'clock at night, was getting this, fucking hell, I can't be arsed, I can't wait till you leave. And it's like, Mental. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, although you hide that, you're like, it's, it's, it's hard to completely hide that. You're clock watching, you're like, right. You're only a human being at the end of the day. You're only yeah, a human and, it's totally. like, and you can't, like, I think for me, um, over lockdown when I went away and came back I, I, like one of the big things for me saying no was like not not the same I didn't go traveling or that didn't go to Australia but like um, when it stopped I just realized that see how nice it was to get a full night's sleep see how nice it was yeah. not to not to finish at 9 p.m and then start at 6 but again because it became that yes man thing where for so long like I was just like fucking hell I'm actually like you feel like you're doing it. You like I'm absolutely nailing it. But you're like, I had a pure shit week of training. Like, yeah, I'm probably diluting my service because of that. And all these things just compound. And people, you've heard it before, fellow trainers that are maybe a couple of years ahead of you, and they're saying the same things, and you're going, Nah, that won't happen to me, man. That won't happen to me. And it literally is happening to you. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, Oh shit, I need to change things here. And I think for me the ground rules putting in place, like taking a midweek day off and, and not working after 12 on a Friday, like not taking PT over the weekend, not taking PT after 6 p.m. I just started to, I think like to give value for anyone listening in, you start to have, you have to look at the things that I would probably say that are probably causing you the most friction. So for me, it was things like the late finishes and early starts. So I was like, what do I prefer? Well, I prefer an early start. So I would rather cut off my late finishes. So that's what I've done, chop yeah. them off. And then I'd be like, right, Am I effective? So I would find that the first three days I'd be effective and then by Thursday, Friday, I'd be pretty fatigued. So I put in a midweek day off. I would rather work, have that than have two days off back to back. And then it was just, and I suppose for every person, like it could be that if you've got family commitments, children, it could be starting off and being like, right, a lot of people like when they struggle with time, you need to first look at what time you have and then make that available and then put, what you want first into there. So you need to, like Colin said this in the last podcast, you need to think about serving yourself first. You need to think about prioritizing you. And ultimately the things that we are talking about here, Ryan, is if we're able to serve ourselves first, we're then going to be able to provide a better service. You're then going to be a more effective person with your own training, your own performance. So I think it comes down to that. You have to look at, like, I always, one of the analogies that I've heard before is when you're on a plane and if the oxygen ch- tanks came down, what do they tell you to do? They tell you to put on your own mask first because if you're not going to do that, yeah. you're not going to be very effective if you're dead. Do you know what I mean? So I yeah. think that's one of the things you need to focus on is I think you need to look at, like, I've had people where I get, I've had it, I've not really had many females do this, but you've probably had it as well, Ryan, where you get maybe a young guy that's working, like, three jobs because they're trying to live the fucking Ocean Beach Club lifestyle they want to be like their pal that's a drug dealer, but they don't want to be a drug dealer. So they're, doing, they're on the railway doing a night shift. They're yep. like doing a job in a garage during the week. Then they're going and doing shifts with their pal, doing labor work at the weekend. And then they're like that. Yeah. I want to build a physique. And I'm like, look, you, you, like, you don't have any time. You're so run down. You're so unrecovered. But they're like, oh, but I want this money as well. And I was like, well, to be honest, like, you kind of, you just can't, you need to just look at, you can't do that at the end of the day for what, how you're living your life. So I f- suppose that's like a quite a sort of relatable way. If you're chasing money, yeah. you need to look at, if it, like, number one, you you, pro- you shouldn't be chasing money. Like, it's a, it's a pretty silly thing. To, it's, I always compare it. It's like chasing weight on the scales, isn't it? It's like, you, you'll never be 100% happy. Like, it will, it will alleviate pressure that if you have more financial income, it won't make you happy, but it'll make you less stressed. 
so that you're able to manage yeah. your happiness a bit better. And I suppose if you lose a bit of fat and you lose a stone on the scales, you'll be able to move better. You won't feel as out of breath and you'll be able to focus on other things like getting fitter because you'll be able to move better. So again, it's not going to give you happiness, but I think it's, I've done a post on this the other day. I think you, before you start chasing things down, you need to define happiness. Do you know what I mean? You need to define yeah. success. And I think that's been one of the big things for me is like defining success, taking a step back, putting boundaries in place. And as a result of putting boundaries in place, I'm the busiest I've ever been. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's strange. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a strange thing. You're like, well, I've started saying no. And as a result of saying no, I've now got a waiting list for personal training, uh, boot camps growing. Um, there's a lot of opportunities coming up and stuff. And I'm like, fucking hell. But that all started with me allowing myself to become a more effective coach. I mean, like having these days off, prioritizing more time to myself. And I think it's been an absolute game changer for me. Like even just having the like, like if you rewind back to last year, I would have never been able to do a podcast. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. now I'm like not in a fucking boasty way, but like I'm financially better off, but I've got more time to myself. It's, it's just because it all came from saying no. And I'm able to be more yeah. productive in my time. It's just about using your time more effectively, isn't it? It's yeah. Every action has a reaction. So, like, for me, like, I decided, I used to just say, do you know what you can do? I used to just let people do whatever time they want. So I'd go to the gym at half six in the morning, do my morning clients. I'd have some afternoon clients and some evening clients. And I don't work nearby my house. So I would just be like, right, that's me pitching up to the gym. I'll be home at nine o'clock at night. Do you know what I mean? And I was fucked at the end of the day, as you would be. Because even though you're not working, all those hours you're in the same environment and it's your work environment so that's where your mindset is you don't feel like you can switch off you don't feel like you can relax so i was feeling as if i'd been working a you know 14 hour shift every day you know if anybody's doing that i wasn't training very well my training was poor and i, and I think that that saying you're a product of your environment has not never been true a word said because although i'd put things in place before i moved to commando and before lockdown took place and i'd started to it wasn't until I came here and started being surrounded by other coaches that have got things nailed down better than me and it was almost that accountability of certain people are taking certain days off certain people are working certain hours and they're successful coaches in their own right and I'm, I'm seeing that and I'm like I don't need to do this like I don't need to do this I'm surrounded by people who are using their time much wiser and they're never feeling like I was feeling like somebody would ask me to do something and I'm like like can you sort my nutrition plan? I'd be like, when, when am I going to do that? Because I, I have no time whatsoever. Whereas now I don't work at all between the hours of 12 and five o'clock. I'm off. And it's like, okay, sometimes I'll go home and sometimes I'll stay here and I'll just reply to online clients and stuff like that. But I know between that 12 and five, I've either got time to do leisurely stuff and chill out or I can do some other work or I can go home and spend time with my partner and my partner's pregnant as well. We've got a baby on the way. And it's like, well, I need to put better systems in place, better rules in place so that I've got time to spend with a newborn baby so that I can support my partner and bring it like with a newborn baby. And if yeah. I kept continued the way that I was, like it would never have worked. Do you know what I mean? So something had to change anyway. I was almost forced to change because <laughs> like my lifestyle wouldn't, wouldn't allow to, to have a newborn baby. But now, now I've got these things in place and I'm like, do you know what? I could, I've actually got so much balance in my life. I don't think I've ever been happier working in the fitness industry i'm like in a, re a place where my training's brilliant i'm surrounded by great coaches my business is going well one-to-one -one. i'm working with probably the most credible online coaching company in scotland and it's like just things are things are going really, really well and i don't feel tired and fatigued and knackered like i'm enjoying my 
enjoying my work. And I think a lot of people get into the fitness industry and they've maybe been working in a, in a job that they hated for, for a long time. Like you've been getting up and doing your 95 and you're like, right, I need to change this. And because they're so buzzing and they've got found this newfound passion that they think no matter how many hours they do, they just feel grateful that they're doing them. But it doesn't matter like how much you love the industry. You'll start to resent it if you do too much and you burn yourself out because there's only you can't pour from an empty cup and once you get yeah. to that point where you're completely drained you're not going to enjoy it anymore and you know nobody wants to get to that stage and you're i was like, at that stage you're like a cup of piss at that point aren't you man <laughs> <laughs> well a cup uh, with a in it beautiful words <laughs> <Couldn't I put? laughs> uh, so no i know like it's and i think like it's one of those things that we were saying like you when you start off like people do warn you with these things but you go nah (laughs) Nah, and i i I think like what you were saying there about having the other coaches around you it's like that thing i was saying earlier where it's not until you do something or you see someone doing it that it kind of that you need people need to learn from their own data and for that like you might like i was at an environment where before when a, a good thing for me as well not that it was a bad place but like taking a step away for the gym group was because my environment I couldn't, like, when I was in the gym group, like, before, I wouldn't have taken a day off during the week because since I'd started, I'd pretty much worked six-day weeks. So mm-hmm. I, coming back and changing the environment as well, like, now I'm now at a new gym, I'm at the bunker, and I'm not bored about it. I'm like, that's all right, having that. And it's that changing environment and stuff, and, and then obviously speaking to other coaches and stuff, like, you're set, like, obviously, a few of you guys in that, speaking, going, oh, well, I take this off. And you're like, well... If that person's doing pretty well and they take a day off there, then surely you could do that. But I think it's having a wee bit of yeah. trust in it and then learning from your own data at the same time as well. Definitely. Just couldn't agree more, mate. Couldn't yeah. agree more. So um so moving on to the second last point there. So um what you do in the gym the gym is crucial to making progress, but so is your habits all outside of the gym. What do you think should be optimized outside of the gym to make life easier? So like if someone was like come to you and like maybe they're they're all over the shop and that. What would you tell them to be really focusing on like habits-wise outside of the gym to make their sort of balance better? I know, again, it's quite broad, but just like a few different points. Yeah, I, I think like you'll, you'll know yourself in terms of when, when people come to train with me, I, I pretty much make them go away and think about what their goals are. Um, some people just come and they just see on Instagram and they think, oh, that looks cool. I'll go and train with him. And it's like they don't have a reason for it. It's just like they enjoy training. They maybe can't push themselves enough. Now, pretty much everybody that trains with me, I make them write down at least one to three goals. Um, and I want three to five reasons why those goals are in place. And it's like once you find out your why and there's a bit of meaning behind them, then it's like you're actually going to see it through and fulfill it. So, again, like training is only a very small part of working towards a goal. And if your goal is fat loss, your goal is muscle building, yes, you have to train with intensity to achieve those goals. Although you can achieve fat loss without training, just through general day-to-day movement. But if you want to build muscle, you have to train with intensity. But you also have to do all the other things outside the gym. And it's like, I've heard a quote before, and it's like, you know, training in the gym is like setting the stage for your recovery. It's like, so if you're not recovering, if you're somebody who's getting that buzz from the gym and it's like, you just want to train seven days a week, but you're not allowing that time for recovery, you're just putting your body on under this unnecessary stress all the time and it doesn't allow it to adapt. So again, there's like this diminished return at the end of it. So if you're tra- overtraining, 
you're not going to work towards your goal. So you, again, first thing first, make sure you're getting adequate recovery. So that means eating the right thing. So recovery is a very broad one as well. So this will probably cover everything. Um, but that means eating the right things, making sure that your nutrition's on point, you're getting adequate protein, you're getting adequate carbs to fuel your workouts, and you're getting adequate fats to help absorb your nutrients and all these sort of things. But if you're not getting these things, then your training's not going to be as effective as it could be. Again, your sleep. Okay, so you, I, I've got so many people that have got busy, busy lifestyles. They've got kids. They, they work late. They sit up watching shite on the telly to stupid o'clock in the morning. And I say to them, like, how much, how much sleep? You, they come in looking like a bag of shite and they're knackered for the next day. And you're like, well, you don't look very well rested. Did you have a good sleep last night? No, I mean, I went to bed about 12 and I had to get up at half five. And it's like, well, I mean, you can't expect to be performing well in the gym on five and a half hours sleep, five hours sleep. Like, I say people get seven hours as a minimum, seven to eight hours. So get your sleep sorted, get your recovery sorted, get your nutrition on point. The, if it's fat burning, if you're looking to achieve a fat loss goal, what you do in the gym is going to equate to a very small percentage of your daily calorie burn. So if you're all eggs in one basket, this training session is going to get me one step closer to my fat loss. It's, it's not unless you are moving enough outside the gym, unless your knee is up, so unless you're out walking, getting 10,000 steps, you're busy around the house, if you just train for an hour and then you sit in your arse at a desk for the rest of the day and then go to your bed at night, you're probably not going to achieve fat loss because you're not burning very many calories. If you think about, you get to break down your calorie burn into percentages day by day, your, your training days probably equate to about 5%, if that. So you need to make sure you're moving, you need to make sure you're getting adequate sleep and rest and recovery, and you need to make sure your nutrition is on point. And if you've got all of those things together, then you're going to work better towards your goals. But it can't all be, all the focus can't be put on your training alone. Oh, definitely. And I think a lot of folk do that. And it's one of the things about recovery, I kind of wanted to tie into that there. Like, I think why people recovery is emphasized but people aren't sure of what recovery is so they're like oh i'm not sore i'm i'm recovered recovery doesn't necessarily mean that you're sore that if you're like if you're training legs every single day they aren't recovered they're not optimized it's just literally like if you were doing a, a leg session two intensity every single day they're just not going to be recovered and i think one of the biggest things was me was realizing that you should probably have anyone like training like See, like, you maybe look at some of the best physiques in the world. Now, I'm not comparing physiques or anything like that. They're probably in the gym, say, five, six days a week lifting weights. Probably they've accounted for at least one or two rest dates throughout the week, and they maybe split their training up so they're working lower and upper on consecutive days so that they're not back-to-back. They're maybe in the gym for 90 minutes. Out of that 90 minutes, they're maybe only actually training for 30 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Out of that, they're actually moving, right? So when you start breaking it down, you're like, the actual compound effect of that person's physique is like that. It's that stone effect I was talking about. It's the fact that they've been doing it for 10 years, but people think it's an accumulation there and then in that session. And they start to turn it into a fucking circuits class. They're like, do you know what I mean? They're all over the shop. They're like, oh man, I'll just do a plank between like my leg press here and I'll just superset my shoulder press with slams. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they'll try to turn it into like a wad, like mid set, but they're taking red. It's just all over the shop. And I think that is because folk are like now you've got these, I think these Apple watches, Garmin's, Fitbits, because it tells you calories burned. And yeah, if your heart rate gets up and you do move a wee bit more, the byproduct is, yeah, you burn a wee bit more calories than you did. And I think now 
people's progress in the gym is getting lost in translate, translation with this. It's, this. it's all about maximal calorie burn. How many calories can I burn in a session? And you're like, that shouldn't even be a focus. Do you know what I mean? Like out of the sessions, it should be like your habits, as you were saying, like making sure that you're recovering properly, making sure that you're chasing progress, that you're tracking things down, that you're trying to nail your, uh, your nutrition, not 100% of the time, 80% of the time, you're trying to make sure you're making good choices in line with your goal. And I think sometimes like it's the sort of i've called it the evolution of training i've done it you've probably done it you go to the gym and you think it's all about i need to be in the gym six days a week lifting weights in order to get that physique that i want and you're like now you could actually achieve great uh, physique goals with just two to three hours of resistance training a week do you know what i mean like that's it doesn't need to be six immediately like obviously there is a time and a place for having that there but it's like what we're talking about now like saying no realizing that you need to build a better relationship this is all relevant yeah. Because folk don't understand these things. And then one of my clients um, we were talking about um, last week that's been a game changer for her is that she used to train six days a week and now she only trains weights three days a week, but she's making way more significant strength gains and feeling the strongest and fittest she's ever felt. But she's dialed back her training in order to do that. And it's like, as we've been saying, the full thing, sometimes to take a step forward, you need to take two steps back. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just to optimize what you're doing. But um, no, some some great points there, mate. And um, well, just to finish off, man. So, what's your what's your plans now, uh, Ryan? And what other things have you got in place for the future, man? What could, what are we going to see from Ryan Holmes? Well, it's it's hard to make plans right now, as you know, mate. Because yeah. we, we don't know whether we're going to be operating um, tomorrow or the next day. But yeah, right now, man, I'm I'm in a pretty good place to be honest. I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. I've got as many clients as I want um, and as I need. Um, obviously. I've started working with, with MTN in terms of building a more credible online. Can't find the word for that to be honest. Persona. Um, <laughs> persona. <laughs> um, just in terms of getting a bit more credibility in the online scene and by producing better and more results, and I think that wouldn't be allowed for if I hadn't dialed back. So I think just pushing forward with what I'm doing, mate, and just just trying to. Continue doing what I'm doing in terms of making sure I, I I keep those strict rules in terms of not taking on too much work and not getting carried away. The big thing that I'm focusing on going forward right now is building a, a group training um a group training brand. So obviously, I've, me and me and Dale Burke have started their own group training like brand within Commando. Um, we've called it Sin Strength in Number. So we're in the minute in the process of getting some branding done for that. We're going to get some hoodies done for the guys. We've launched just a second class there and we just started this post lockdown both of us had an interest in group training and we just came together and we've made like this really good group training setting and it's absolutely flying so I think it's just about maybe building that right now for me and I think the more I focus on that and work with more people through group training the more I can scale back that little bit more in one-to-one training yeah. as well, especially with about to start a family have a have a, a baby in the next nine weeks it's just about getting more time back. So building more credibility in the, the group training scene and the online scene is something that I'm pushing to allow myself to, to have even more time. No, definitely, man. It's, I think what about yourself? Uh, that's the same as me, mate. Like, obviously, I've got my boot camp, um, other things. Like, that's, like, I said this all day in a post. I don't, I don't have a five-year plan as such. I just like the way things are going. And I felt like... Yeah the biggest growth I've ever seen in my business has probably been the past since lockdown. And I know that seems for some people that like other PTs are like, how can that happen? For me, it was the time was a commodity. 
I was given time. I seen what I could do because at that point I'd obviously developed skills and developed myself as a coach that when I'd started three years prior, when I had time, I wasn't able to use it as effectively as I am now. So, and I've just seen that sort of jump there. So I don't know, mate, like just do more, keep pushing the content. I love like, I want to keep pushing my, my group training. I want to involve more of the strength element to it. Like I literally pulled my boot camp indoors for the morning sessions and then the week, week one week I had of it. And then literally as soon as that happened, um, Nicola obviously announced that group indoor training couldn't go ahead. So I'm back outside with yeah. that. So yeah, mate, like genuinely just, just keep growing the brand and just keep growing as a coach and help having a, a, as much of a meaningful impact as I can, as many people, as many people as possible. That's, that is the, the thing. I, I maybe I would write down a five-year plan at one point. I probably should. So uh, I have an idea. That's what it's all about though, man. I, I don't have a five-year plan either. And I'm very much in the case of like one thing at a time, like rather than putting too much pressure on getting to this stage, getting to that stage, getting to that stage, you forget to appreciate where you've got to when you do yeah. that, because there's always yeah. pressure on yourself to get the next thing. And I think right now I'm in a place where I'm pretty happy. My one-to-one business is solid. I'm producing some good results. Um, I've got different varieties of clients. Like I'm not just a, a fat loss PT. Like I'm really into performance-based <laughs> training. Obviously, with an athletic background, I've done a strength and conditioning course. Like I, I like a little bit of everything. And now I'm working online and working in groups. So I'm, I'm just enjoying the variety. Um, and again, like I'm just living in the moment right now. And it's not. I don't really have a thing that I want to get right now other than maybe yeah. just build on the group training maybe put on another class at some point but at the moment I'm pretty content that's good mate it's just I think it's for anyone listening and I think that's like not saying that fucking me and Ryan are two superstars here but I'm meaning as in like we're two people within the industry we're one-to-one businesses where they're in a great place our businesses are growing and stuff and we don't have five-year plans I think that's a really important thing to like we're kind of talking about this throughout a lot of people have this thing in their head that Oh, that person's pure get their shit together. And it's like, yeah, but we've got rules, we've got we've got an idea, we've got a vision, but that's it. It doesn't I think sometimes you focal it right. I remember I went to the business gate, gateway and they're like, right, what's your what's your five-year plan? Write it down on here and this and this thing. And I was like, Whoa, like how much do you want to be earning here? What's this? And you're like, I, I don't know. Like I, I I don't know. Like it's one of those things, but I, like each to their own. There's no there's no there's nothing wrong with having that. But what I'm saying is yeah. it's, it's quite, it's probably a breath of fresh air to hear that. Maybe if there's a, a PT that's listening in, that's starting out, that's maybe a bit stressed, that's thinking like, obviously you don't have to, you obviously want to have a clear sight of where you're going, but you don't have to be like, everyone is winging it at the end of the day, aren't they? Everyone's got an element of, yeah. no one really truly is a hundred percent got their shit together, man. Do you know what I mean? But um, no, mate, um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a very, it's a, I'm, I'm, these topics now with these podcasts, I'm like, what will I talk about for my next one, man? They're becoming more and more, <laughs> they're really, really having to think and push the boundaries of what we're talking about. But it, it was good. And I knew it'd be a valuable chat because we're in a similar mindset, mate. So thank you very yeah. much for having uh, I enjoyed it, on, mate. mate. That was good. No and, problem. Really enjoyed it, mate. No, that was good. Uh, thanks for coming on. And for anyone else listening in, guys, just before we shoot off, um, make sure if you're listening in, screenshot the podcast and tag both me and Ryan in it and your stories on Instagram and Facebook. Ryan, what's your, um, I always say tag. Yeah, tag, tag, like, what is it? Tag, Instagram, uh, handle. It's just, That's it. um, it's just Ryan Holmes Coaching. I've done a recent rebrand, changed yeah. from Ryan Holmes Personal Training to Ryan Holmes Coaching. Right. I, I actually feel it following suit with that, man, because like, <laughs> it's just more because I do boot camps, because I do group training, because I do one-to-one, I'm like, 
I want to just make it more generalised. And I think sometimes if your name's just personal training folk are like, oh, is that all they do? Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit of a misleading yeah. one sometimes. But um, yeah, so make sure you do tag us in it, guys. And thank you very much. See you later.